All right. Well, welcome to the Believer School of Ministry. I'm Tom Shanklin, and uh, so glad to have you with us today. We're with our friends in Hyderabad, Secunderabad, uh, India, and we're seeing the split screen. We're not seeing the entire group there, but anyway, uh, those that uh, are there, just wave and say praise the Lord, would you? Praise the Lord. All right. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Lesson 11. This is the second to last uh, lesson in the introduction to ministry. We thank you for your precious people gathered together in India. And Lord, for every single one that will listen around the world or watch around the world uh, by video or audio. We thank you for the opportunity to share about using your authority. Lord, you have given us such a great authority, and sadly, many of your people do not know about this. And so, Lord, we pray that you would use this time to minister this truth to us, that we could we could walk out of this lesson different than when we came in, that we would have that anointing, that revelation, that knowledge, and we would begin to exercise authority over demonic powers and begin to see your kingdom come forth in a fresh new way. We pray the anointing of God upon me as I share and upon each one as they listen. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all the people shouted, Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Um, Lesson 11. Using your authority in Christ. The purpose of this lesson is to encourage God's people to rise up in their God-given authority and rout the forces of darkness in the world today. We're reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. By the way, those that are uh, watching online or listening online on our website is all the notes. Uh, And so you can check that out there. You can also get the whole manual Uh, on our website if you'll find the link to the online Bible school or the online Believer School of Ministry. And uh, there's a manual, PDF file, the manual, the entire thing is there. And uh, that'll bless you. Take that, print it out, use it to teach others. Praise God. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, or in other words, look, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Praise God. Wonderful scripture. We learn here from the lips of Jesus that uh, all power and authority is given unto him, of course, as it says in uh, Matthew 28. But here he says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. That's the symbol of evil, scorpions and serpents, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he told his disciples, hey, I'm giving you power over these things. You don't need to be under the power of the enemy. I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Interesting part of this scripture, too, though, is what Jesus said, nevertheless, 
uh, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but that your names are written in heaven. You know, uh, when we begin to talk about our authority over demonic powers, we may think, well, you know, isn't this wonderful? We have this authority. And it is. It's tremendous. And we need to know more about it. And yet Jesus said the most important thing is to know that your name is written in heaven. In other words, eternal life is more important than this subject. Okay? So uh, we're teaching you what I consider one of the most important things that we'll ever learn about our authority in Christ. And yet the subject of eternal life, our life in heaven, our names written in the book of life through, through believing in Jesus is more important than that. Okay? So keep things in perspective. Okay, the first heading here is the church has been given authority in the earth. Revelation chapter uh, 1, verses 5 and 6, it says, Unto him that has loved us and washed us from our sins in his, his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto our God. You know, in the Old Testament there were priests... Uh, Some churches today still have a separate group of people called the priests, but biblically, we're all in the priesthood of God. The priest is the one who bridges the gap between people and God. And so we are to make intercession. Uh, We are to bridge the gap between people and God. We are to be priests. But also, we are to be kings. We are to be, everybody say, I'm called to be a king. I'm called to be a king. Amen. And so to be a king, what is a king? Well, a king is someone that rules, someone that has authority. So the Word of God tells us in Revelation that we are called, and he has made us. He has made us. It's actually, it's a finished work that he has made us kings and priests. But we have to step into it. And, of course, that requires for us to know Uh, what's been done for us in Christ. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says, They which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. The Amplified Version there says, shall reign like a king. So how do we reign like a king? Well, first of all, we receive the gift of uh, righteousness and grace through Jesus Christ. We don't reign like a king by earning it we reign like a king by receiving it so just as we receive Moses as we receive eternal life and we know that we're children of God with that eternal life and with the knowledge that we're children of God we have an inheritance praise God and part of that inheritance is that we rule and reign with Christ uh, even now we are to rule in life we're, so we're not to, to be under the circumstances defeated you know so often i'll hear people talk about well i tried to do something for god and wouldn't you know it the devil stepped up and slapped me well yes there is opposition from the devil when you try to do something from the lord but don't be defeated jesus said you've got power over that snake amen so start using that power and that authority in the name of jesus praise god hey praise god there's Susan. <laughs> Hello. I can only see Hello. two students. Yeah, there's Just... more, but we're not we're not seeing them on the screen. Hello, bless you. Where's that Hello. Hello. evangelist? Hello. <laughs> hey, 
Yeah. Uh, she's asking, where is Amelia? Hello. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Amelia, too, but you're asking about uh, Smiley. 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 Are you there, Smiley? There, Smiley. There she is. Wave, Smiley. I can't really see Smiley. Hey, Smiley. <laughs> there you are. Hey, I had I was praying for you when I was um, going to swimming class, and I saw you with a pitcher of water on your head. You know, like they used to do. And uh, it was full of water, and I just kept praying about it, and and I just felt impressed. You got the water, but it's time for you to give it out. So uh, dip into your reserve and, and pass it out. Okay? They got that? Praise the Lord. Did, did you get that, Smiley? Praise the Lord. Well, thank you. God bless you. That's good word. Hey. Hey. There's Smiley. Did, uh, did they get that all? Yeah. Did you understand what Susan said there, Smiley? Yeah. All right. Praise God. So carry the water. All right. All right. So we're still under the section. The church has been given authority in the earth. Uh, he's made us kings and priests. We reign in life. And then we said, pray for revelation of who we are, what we have, and what we can do. You know, we can teach this, and praise God for that, but also we need the Lord to reveal it in our hearts. I'd like for you, if you have your Bibles, open with me to um, Ephesians chapter 1. And we'd like to read Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. This is a powerful prayer for believers, for Christian believers. Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse uh, 15. It says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That's a wonderful passage of scripture, and of course we don't have time to go in depth on this. Maybe sometime Pastor Deva can... Uh, preach on this because this is Paul's prayer for the church and the the, sh the long and the short of it is the synopsis of it is he was praying for them to have revelation and that word revelation there could also be unveiling in other words that their spiritual eyes would be open 
to see what God has done for them. And of course, he's praying for Christians. He says, ever since I heard of your faith and your love. When you're a Christian, you have faith in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have love for God's people. That's the miracle of the new birth. It causes that to happen. But then we need further revelation. We need further light. And what is he praying? He's praying that they would know about their inheritance. They would know about their calling. And that's why we're having this class, so that you can learn about your calling, you can learn about your inheritance, and you will learn about, the. it says, the greatness of his power towards us who believe. There is great power towards you as a believer in Christ. There is great authority that God has given into your life. But we need to know about it. We need to understand it. We need to comprehend it with our heart. When we go into a village and and there's uh, people that are practicing witchcraft and people that are in doubt and unbelief and there's evil powers all around, we need to know who we are in Christ. We have to know about our authority, you see. And uh, so part of that is teaching like we're doing today. But part of it is in prayer that God would open your eyes to see uh, who you are in Christ and what you have and what you can do. These are things. And, you know, God has been bringing light on this subject in the last years, you know, on the earth. The, the believer's authority is a message that has been brought forth, especially like the last 50 years on earth, that believers are starting to understand who they are in Christ, what they have, and what they can do. And so we want you to get a hold of that. So I encourage you to pray this prayer in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter uh, 1, and then also pray the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3. These will be a real blessing to you. Pray for one another, pray for yourselves, pray for your family, pray for your church, pray for your pastor. All right, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Uh, The devil has been defeated. It says, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The devil is defeated. We are facing spiritual adversity in the world today. You know it in your own country. You have a lot of adversity. You have a lot of demonic activity. But we need to know the devil's defeated, and it's our job to enforce his defeat and to proclaim the gospel which sets the captives free. Do you know your authority in Christ? Are you equipped for the battle that's at hand? If not, don't wait. It's time to get ready for yourself, for your family, for your nation, for the world. Will you face the challenges that lie ahead by chewing your fingernails and wondering when God is going to do something? Or will you stand up as a soldier in the army of the Lord and do battle against the forces of darkness? Let's get equipped. Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 19. I'm going to let you study that on your own and along with all the other scriptures in this lesson. But he tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand in the evil day. And all that armor, every piece of that armor, is based on truth. And the truth of God's word is what enables you to stand. So you be strong in his might. God gives you the might, and you stand in his strength. It's God's power and authority working in you. To succeed, you must put on his armor. You must be established in the truth and righteousness. You must have your gospel shoes on, your shield of faith, and you must be able to wield your it-is-written sword 
And you must be prepared through communion with the Father and study of the Word of God. The authority to do the things we're talking about in this lesson come from the Word of God. And uh, so, use the Word of God. It says in Matthew 16, or verse 17 there, 16 and 17, that Jesus cast out the spirits with His Word. When Jesus faced the devil, you know, He was allowed by His Father to be tempted of the devil before His ministry really began. And you can study about that in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. Satan came against him with three different temptations. And every time the devil tempt him, tempted him, Jesus said, It is written, Satan. He used the word of God. Now, if Jesus needed to use the word of God to defeat the devil, how much more do we need to use the word of God? We need to understand that the devil is the father of lies. His whole business is lying. If you look at in the uh, book of Genesis, chapter 3, the temptation that came to Eve and then Adam succumbed to that also was a lie of the devil. Hath God said. So he came against God's word. So how do you defeat the devil? With the word, with the truth. Amen. He is a liar and the father of it. But when you use the word of God, he's defeated. So don't try to defeat the devil in your own strength. Use the word. Everybody say, use the word. Use the word. Now, a Christian cannot be possessed by a devil. That is, That would be a contradiction uh, in terms because a Christian is someone who belongs to the Lord. However, a Christian can be oppressed by a devil. That's why the scripture said, neither give place to the devil. He's talking to Christians in the book of Ephesians because a Christian can give place to the devil. How can, how can a Christian be, give place to the devil? Well, first of all, the Christian's born again. Their heart's been changed. Their heart is new. But in their thinking, it's up to us. How many know it's up to us to keep our thinking straight? Amen. And so it's up to us what we do with our mind. And it's up to us what we do with our emotions. And it's up to us what we do with our bodies. So a Christian through temptation can begin to think wrong thoughts. Maybe it's a lust thought. Maybe it's a anger thought. Uh, maybe it's a um, something contrary to the word of God. It's a defeated thought. Uh, the Christian can begin to act out of those thoughts and do wrong things. We know many Christians that have fallen into sin, uh, not because they weren't Christians, not because the work of God was not real, but they didn't control what's going on in their mind. They didn't use the word of God like Jesus did, you know, when he was tempted. And so they began to fall into sin in their thinking. Uh, in their emotions, in their life, and in their physical body. So, you got to take charge. Amen? Smiley, you got to take charge. Praise God. And uh, God wants you to take charge. And one of the ways we can do this is through the confession of our mouth. Now, when I first went into the ministry back in 1983, before some of you were born, uh, I, was, I became a pastor. I did not, did not have... A lot of training. Uh, most of my training was uh, just self-study and listening to other preachers and things things like that. 
But uh, the Lord put me in the position of being a pastor. And so I kind of learned as I as I went, you know, I learned as I as I as I preached and taught the people, I learned myself. But when I became a in the ministry, a full-time pastor, the devil just came against my mind. I started to be depressed, discouraged, hopeless, a very deep depression in my mind, you know. And uh, I really had a big problem in my thinking. And then someone said to me, did you ever think that the devil might be coming against your mind? And I said, no, I never thought of that. But I realized that it was true. Satan wanted to hinder me. He wanted to come against and stop my ministry before it began. So he was coming against my mind with all kinds of thoughts. And one thing I noticed during that time was every time we had church and I was in the pulpit preaching, I was just fine. But it was when I was away and I had my own, my own thoughts and I was in my own thoughts that uh, this negativity began to take over and this hopelessness. And so I had some scripture cards, these little cards from a friend of mine that said how to stay free from spirits of oppression. And it was like uh, probably eight or ten scriptures on this card uh, that that talked about our power and authority over the devil. We've actually used some of them already today. And so I took that card and I began to confess those scriptures three times a day. And uh, so I would read the scripture and then I would personalize it. I would make it first person. In other words, I would say, I'm, well, you'll see as we're going to demonstrate in just a minute. So I'd read the scripture, then I would make it, put it into first person, and I would confess it out of my mouth. Well, I noticed within a short time, as I did that three times a day, that that depression began to lift off my mind. And ever since that day, then I've known the power of confession of God's word. Because, you see, that's the way you can defeat the devil. That's how Jesus did it when he was tempted, and that's how you can do it. You need to use the word of God. So in our notes here, we have uh, some of these scriptures that I used way back when, in 1983. And then I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'd like for you to confess with me the confession that's in the notes there afterwards. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Galatians 5.1. So let's confess together. I'm standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made me free. I will not be entangled again in the bondage. All right, next verse. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's confess together. I continue in the word of God, and I am Jesus' disciple indeed. I know the truth, and the truth makes me free. All right. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Confess. Jesus has given me power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Amen. You see how powerful this is? 
If you just let your heart come alive to this truth. All right, next verse. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. John eight thirty six. Let's confess it together. The Son of God has made me free. made me free. And I am free indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, next verse. Neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4.27. Let's confess together. I refuse to give place to the devil of fear, anxiety, doom, gloom, and hopelessness. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Let's confess together. I submit myself to God and his love and power. I resist the devil of fear, anxiety, oppression, depression, and torment. And he flees from me in terror. Go, devil, go. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I tell you, I'm feeling free myself this morning just reading these. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Let's confess. <clears throat> My adversary, the devil, as a lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. He may not devour me. I resist him steadfast in the faith. Amen. Make a fist. Can you make a fist over there in, in uh, Hyderabad? Glory to God. Amen. I resist you, Satan. Amen. In Jesus' name. I release in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So you see how powerful that is. We just did that to demonstrate to you. how. And if you put that into practice in your life, it'll help you. And, you know, I heard this somewhere. I can't tell you where. But, uh, you know, the, the Bible talks about possessing the land. How many want to possess India for Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, but this is what I heard. You have to possess the land inside before you can possess the land outside. Okay? So, use your authority in your own life, and then you'll have that authority to impart to others. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Okay, another one. When we talk about demonic powers, we use the, the blood of Jesus. Use the blood of Jesus. When you pray, you're dealing with uh, the demonic coming against especially a Christian. Plead the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12:11 says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death. What does the blood of the Lamb have to do with it? Through the blood, we are forgiven. Through the blood, we have a covenant. It puts us in a position of the power of God in your life. The blood of Jesus washes you from all your sins, brings you into that position of forgiveness, and gives you authority in Jesus' name. Praise God. It's not what you have done. It's what Jesus did on that cross. Praise God. And also through the resurrection, as we read there in uh, Ephesians chapter 15, remember, or, or, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. 
uh, talking about the greatness of his power to us who believe according to that mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. See, when God raised him from the dead, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised him up far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. How many know Jesus is above every devil? Amen. But I want you to also know that you are above every devil. Because Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says that we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ. So everything that he has, the authority that he has in the spirit realm, you also have. And he wants you to exercise that authority. So through the blood of the cross and through the resurrection, we're in a position of authority. Amen. All right. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. There's no sin that can bind you to the darkness. Uh, because the blood of Jesus, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So keep your life clean. Uh, if you miss it, confess your sin. He'll forgive you. Praise God. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. All right. Next point is use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What, Hallelujah. what a blessing from the Lord. He has given us power through the name of Jesus. We have power over the devil. We have the right, the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus. When we use the name of Jesus, we are invoking the entire word of God, the whole covenant of God, and we are invoking our authority, which he has given us over, over, over the powers of darkness. Praise the Lord. All right, in Mark sixteen seventeen, Jesus said, In my name they will cast out devils. What does that mean, cast out devils? It means to tell them to go from people. Praise God. I'm sure many of you have seen that because there's a lot of demonic activity. And, of course, the church in India is busy casting out devils. But we can all learn more about it, how to do it, and how to help people not only to get free, but to stay free. You know, one thing that I have learned is that, you know, sometimes people can get free by the authority of someone else. You know, if someone comes and they're, they're under the power of a demon, and a minister or somebody that knows their authority commands that spirit to go, But then that person also needs to have their own protection. And first of all, that comes from believing in Christ, accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's why many times, uh, even when I've ministered in your nation and and we've uh, dealt with demons that are in people, as soon as possible, I try to get that person to confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because that's the beginning of their freedom. They can only stand free if they're filled with Jesus, if their heart is filled with Jesus. So that's the beginning. But then also, we need to teach people what I just taught you about using the word. Because, you know, somebody can cast out a devil, but it doesn't mean it's going to stay away. In fact, Jesus taught that the spirit would come back. You remember the reading about that? And he'll come back and bring seven of his friends, you know. So, uh the demon doesn't want to give up that ground, but if the if the person who's set free learns how to stay free by using the word of God, then they can 
uh, practice self-deliverance and walk in their freedom too. So I think it's important not only to cast out demons, but also teach people how to be free. Amen? Now, are you getting that today? Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. Pastor David, do you see what I'm saying there? All right. Yes, All right, so then Acts chapter 3, verse 16, talks about the healing of the lame man. Peter said, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man whole. There's power in the name of Jesus. And John 14, 12 through 14, or verses 13 especially there, says, whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified. In the sun, you know. One time we were, I was with uh, Dr. Benjamin. We were in a village, ministering, and it was a village that did not yet have a church or a church building. The Christians were meeting in a home. We had a home meeting that night, and I remember I preached on that text, uh, John chapter fourteen, verses thirteen and fourteen. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I didn't preach a long message. But we just kind of kept emphasizing that thought. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I remember there was a man there who had uh, injured his leg or had some pain in his leg for several years, was instantly healed, testified the next day that the pain was completely gone. And there was two girls that lived in that house where we were ministering, that every night they were tormented and they couldn't sleep. They could not sleep all night. They were tormented by demons. And we used the name of Jesus and took authority over those spirits. And the testimony was that they were sleeping fine, praise God. They had no problem whatsoever. So there's power in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say praise the Lord over there? Praise the Lord. All right. And you can study about it in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, where it says that God has given Jesus a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Praise God. And he's given us the right to use that name. Amen. So the name of Jesus carries all the authority of God. Uh, When you use the name of Jesus, it's like taking the entire word of God and slamming the devil over the head with it. Praise God. So every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 20, we, don't, we won't take time to go there, but I want you to look that up and read it about Paul, or, or about the uh, sons of Sceva, who heard about the power that's in the name of Jesus. They were, they were Jews, they were exorcists, uh, they tried to set people free, and they heard about the name of Jesus, so they said, well, I think we'll start using the name of Jesus. But the only problem was they weren't Christians. They weren't following Jesus. But they just thought, well, it's working pretty good for Paul, so I think we'll, we'll use it. So they tried to cast out a demon using the name of Jesus, and, and the demons that were in the man attacked them and ran them off. You know, they, when, when someone has demonic, uh, there's demonic powers in someone's life, sometimes they'll have supernatural strength. And uh, the, the demons beat uh, through this man, beat them, beat these guys up, ran them off. And they said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? <laughs> In other words, 
The demons recognized they didn't have the right to use the name of Jesus. But see, when you're born again, you have the right to use the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Then use the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Especially the discerning of spirits is helpful in uh, dealing with demonic powers. God will reveal to you what type of spirit there is and how to deal with it through the discerning of spirits. All right, we talk about casting out spirits. Uh, The Bible tells us that Jesus came to set the captives free. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, uh, he came to preach deliverance to the captives. Now, that word preach means to proclaim. So, we are to proclaim the liberty that's in Christ. We are to let people know they're free in Jesus' name. Remember the woman who was bowed over and had uh, uh, could not stand up? She had a spirit of infirmity. What did Jesus say to her? Woman, thou art loosed. So he proclaimed her freedom. And then he laid hands on her and she was made straight. So Jesus came to preach deliverance to the captives and it says to set at liberty them that are bruised. So there are people bound all around you and you have been given authority to set them free in Jesus' name. Uh, Jesus casts out demons, talks about uh, Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. He casts out spirits with his word. Uh, in Mark 9, 25 through 27, Jesus said to the spirits, uh, the deaf and dumb spirits, come out of him and enter no more. So you say, well, how do you cast out a devil? Well, you say, come out of him and come to him no more. Well, that's what Jesus did. But then add one more thing, because you're not Jesus. You say, in the name of Jesus, come out of him and enter him no more. That is using your authority. Moses, I want you to start casting out devils. In Jesus' name, it's time for you to start using your authority in Christ. Praise the Lord. All right, Jesus calls us to cast out devils. Matthew uh, chapter 10, Mark chapter 16, in my name they will cast out devils. In the Great Commission... Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, All power, in other words, our, our all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, uh, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why did he talk about the authority? Because we go under his authority and in his authority. He's the king and we carry his authority. Uh, Acts chapter 16 Verses 16 through 18, you can read about how Paul cast out a spirit. Uh, a woman, a young woman with the spirit of divination was following the uh, preaching team and uh, talking about how great they were, but Paul recognized there was an evil spirit in her. And he turned about and he says, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out of her! And she was delivered that day. Praise God. And everybody got mad. The people that she was a slave girl and her owners were mad because they were making money on her. Uh, cast out a spirit for healing. We already talked about the story of Luke chapter 13. 
the woman with the spirit of infirmity. Many times people that are ill, they're sick because of demonic powers. And it may be necessary to recognize that demonic power in order for them to be healed. Uh, by the way, for example, with, with people that are deaf, some people are deaf because of physical impairment in their ears. They may have uh, something wrong with their eardrum or something in their inner ear, physically wrong. But other people are deaf because of a deaf and dumb spirit. And so it's important to know the difference. And this is where discerning of spirits comes in and also... Uh, just keep working with the situation until you get it done. You know, I was ministering in a, in a church uh, here in America. And there was a lady that came forward that had pain in her body. All down one side of her body there was pain. And, uh, you know, we ministered to her the Word of God. And we prayed for her, laid hands on her. And there was another uh, man there with me that he also prayed for her. But she still had pain. And then the pastor that I was working with, uh, he was a little more in tune, you know, with uh, the demonic. I mean, it was something that was in the forefront of his ministry. And he came back into the, into the scene because he had been off praying for someone for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so he came back and he says, well, what's happening? And he said, well, we prayed for this lady and uh, she uh, she's really not getting much help yet. She still has pain in her body. And, uh, you know, she was one that, uh, she was up there and she wasn't going to sit down until she got some help. So, so she was just standing there. But anyway, then he began to minister to her and he began to take authority over the spirit of infirmity and bind it, cast it out in Jesus' name. And you know, within just a few minutes, she's praising God. The pain is gone. Hallelujah. So thank the Lord. See, sometimes... Sometimes, with regard to healing, we need to deal with demonic powers. There are certain things that I'm saying today that I believe is uh, going to change your ministry. And this is one of them. I just sense in my spirit that this is going to just... And it, maybe it's not something you didn't know before. But just bringing it to the forefront is going to change your ministry. And you're going to start seeing results where you didn't see it before. Because sometimes, folks... In order to get someone healed, you need to deal with a demon. All right? Uh, sometimes the devil can sound very religious. He may even flatter you. But he comes as an angel of light. He comes in a masquerade. This is where pray, you know, pray that the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation, especially the discerning of spirits. So you'll know what's of God and what isn't. Because sometimes things sound real good, but they're not. Praise God. All right, here's some times when you might be dealing with a demon. These are some clues. Uh, when pain moves from one place to another in a person's body. You know, that's not normal. You know, you got, you got pain here and all of a sudden it's down here. That's a demon power that's causing that. So you're jumping from place to place. When there's depression, or the Bible calls it a spirit of heaviness in Isaiah 61. When there's cancer... Very often, that's a spirit. When someone has self-accusation, excessive guilt, shame, self-hatred, it can be a spirit of condemnation. They need to be set free. When someone is dealing with suicidal thoughts or post-traumatic stress uh, uh, syndrome, uh, there's a different word there, but 
that it's just, you know, when people go to war or so forth, they come back with a disorder. Disorder, that's what it is. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, there's a spirit of death and murder upon them. They need to be set free. You know, they've, they've seen some things with their eyes, and the devil's used it to torment them. There's people that are so tormented by this that they end up taking their own life. You can set them free by the power of God. Uh, when there are generational curses, evil spirits can be involved. Sometimes people have problems in their life because of um, something that happened in their father, grandfather, past generations, and so forth. We need to break the power of that generational curse and break the spirit over their life in Jesus' name. Uh, you might be dealing with demons when there is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, uh, you know, Jesus said that uh, the tormentors will visit those who have unforgiveness. It's one of the most important things in our Christian life is to let go of bitterness, unforgiveness of any kind. Do not allow yourself to have any animosity towards anyone. Walk in love and forgiveness even to those that hurt you, and you'll find that you'll be blessed. <laughs> so when there's unforgiveness, occult activity, uh, and of course you have a lot of that in your nation, uh, sexual immorality, pornography, things like this. There can be a demon spirit involved in these things. And people cannot get free on their own. They need someone to help them take authority and learn how to uh, use their own authority over these things. And also when there's addictions, the same way a spirit is attached to that and is controlling that person. And when there's been various types of sin, especially idolatry or witchcraft, uh, people get involved in witchcraft, sometimes just playing around, and they get uh, controlled by a demon power. The devil doesn't give away anything for free. You know, Jesus laid down his life. He, he gave us freely, gave us salvation. But the devil always takes, you see. Yeah, some people have power in the spirit realm, but it's because they have given place to the devil, and he'll get his dues in their life. But through Jesus Christ, people can be set free and liberated and their lives can change. How to deal with evil spirits. Uh, be led by the Spirit. Each situation is different. Ask God to help you grow. Uh, th this message is just a seed, you know, it's just a, a beginning point. But in dealing with demons, you know, uh, be led by the Spirit. And then, as I mentioned before, at some point, lead the person to confess Jesus is Lord and to, and to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we can, as we taught you before, you can use Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Praise God. All right? Uh, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, it is important that a person wants to be delivered and is cooperating with their deliverance. Have them renounce Satan and any sin in their life, idolatry, occult activity, witchcraft, etc. Because you need to work in the area of agreement. Now, I'm not sure if this is always true, but most of the time it's true. Uh, there may be occasions by a gift of faith you could cast out a spirit of someone uh, who, ha who, who wants to keep it. 
or at least bind that spirit. You know, as God gives you a special authority in that situation. But in most cases, in order to get somebody free, you need their cooperation. They need to want to be free. Now, you may need to provide all the spiritual authority in the situation, but they need to at least want to get rid of that devil. Amen. In most cases. So, work on that. Uh, plead, if it's a Christian, plead the blood of Jesus over them. And also, when you're dealing with demons, plead the blood of Jesus over yourself and your family. Okay? You don't need to be afraid, but you need to go into the situation, protect it. Know who you are in Christ. So, uh, you need to uh, take the ground inside before you take the ground outside. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right, then command the demon to go in the name of Jesus and then call forth the healing that Jesus purchased on Calvary. All right, so I'm going to take a question or two if anybody has a question on what we've shared today. Okay, no questions? Spit it out quick if you have one. Wow. No questions. No questions. Okay. So, um, of course, the homework is, as always, meditate and confess the scriptures in this lesson, especially the section, use the word of God. I want to encourage you to uh, confess those over and over again. Just uh, practice that for at least for, you know, at least for the next week. Confess those scriptures in particular that we confess together. Okay. And then study out the other scriptures in the lesson. Okay. And then, uh, Begin to pray and uh, ask the Lord to help you to set the captives free. So today I want you to uh, continue to, to minister to one another, you know, in your group there. If anybody has some areas where they've been oppressed, depressed, or they've had phobias or addictions or problems they can't get rid of, uh, you may want to confess that today and just pray for one another and take authority over those spirits. And uh, I'd also like you today to kind of go back to what we talked about before. And, and uh, I'm not sure, I think it's in lesson uh, two where we taught about how to lead someone in a prayer of salvation. I want you to go back to that today because that is so important. You know, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So practice uh, leading one another in a prayer of salvation. And uh, ministering to one another, you know, about going on with Christ and, and being free and so forth. So just take a time for, for some role play, some uh, practical ministry to one another. And then use what you've been learning in these classes uh, during the next week. And we want to hear some testimonies of what you've been doing about healing the sick, you know, out in the community maybe taking authority over demons, maybe leading someone to Christ. We want to hear some more of those testimonies uh, next week. And as I said, next week is going to be the commissioning service. So make sure everybody comes. We're going to pray over everybody and release you uh, to minister and reach India and the world for Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right. All right, let me pray for you. Praise God. Father, I thank you for your precious people and the anointed time that we've had together today to share about using your authority in Christ. And Lord, I pray as Paul did in the book of Ephesians, 
uh, that you would open the eyes of their heart and that they would see their, the, uh, the calling that's upon their life and, and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of that mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places in Christ. May each one know their authority and begin to walk in it. And Lord, I pray too this week, even this week, Lord, in the next seven days, that you would give each one opportunities to use what they have learned in this class uh, to either share their testimony or share the gospel message or lead someone to Christ or, or pray for the sick or cast out a demon. Lord, that these things would not just be a Bible study, but they would be for the use of your people. Hallelujah. And for your glory. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. And just one more thought I was thinking of as I was praying there. The scripture says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So that tells me the purpose of studying the Bible is not just so we can have a bunch of knowledge in our head, but so we can be workmen and workwomen. Amen to get this gospel out to the world, world, in Jesus' name. So I bless you in the name of the Lord, and I'm looking forward to being with you all for the for next week. Uh, spend some extra time in prayer uh, concerning yes. the class next week. And prepare your hearts, and, and let's believe God that, the, that uh, lives are going to be revolutionized, people are going to be sent forth into their commission, and your nation will be touched as a result of what's going to happen next week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. It's been a joy to be with you. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, boss. Thank you very much. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.